All right, we might just go screensaver here. It's too bad to have a couple fun pictures, but we'll have to we'll kept, catch up on those next next time. Uh, but honestly, in seriousness, I know some of you guys who've been around our, our older kids, our elementary, have been hanging out in service with us and kind of following along with these notes, and they're they're really good. Like they're just they're excellent. And it makes me think, man, I should get the adults doing some of these notes because they're just really good stuff on them. Um, you know, points of sermon, and, and it's like Jesus requires giving up comfort, or you know, if we follow Jesus, it's um, or Jesus requires giving up normal, and I, just lots of cool little notes on these things. There's prayer requests. It's just it's really really neat to see. And Zach and I have talked about this. I don't know if Zach's here, but sometimes we you know we, our kids pick up on so much of us as adults, right? They 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 hear and learn and listen more than you think. And in school, we kind of expect a lot of them. But sometimes in the faith context, we talk way down to our kids. And it's sometimes maybe not, maybe not necessary. So uh, it's been f- pretty fun. We try to keep the sermon, sermons a little more relevant this summer as well. Uh, but really, just, just encouraged by that, our, our, our new kids um, kind of learning together with us. But they're in the garden today, so that's cool. We're looking at, uh, we're talking about wine today. John 2, uh, John 2 one is where we're going to be at. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to get the notes up there unless someone wants to come fuss with it. But just, we'll, we'll read it and we'll, we'll go through it together. John 2, on the third day, so just to start off, on the, on the third day, uh, this is John's writing. He basically has already um, narrated the first couple days. So there was a day of calling the first disciples. The second day they called Nathaniel. Then he said on the third day. So just where we're at his, his story. On the third day, a, wood, a, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother, mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. <clears throat> his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants had drawn the water new. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So we're at a wedding. Setting is we're at a wedding. Uh, this isn't far from Galilee. So this is where Jesus has spent a lot, spends a lot of time, a lot of his ministry, a little bit north of Nazareth. So Jesus has not yet inter, in, entered into public ministry. So he's sort of still kind of laying low. He's been hanging around. He's spending time with people. Uh, but he's at this wedding. He's invited to this wedding. Uh, probably someone relatively close to Jesus. We, we don't know for sure. Um, maybe a, a cousin or, or a sister or brother because Mary seems to be involved. So Mary seems involved. Um, so we're here in, in Galilee. Again, Jesus hasn't started his, his, his ministry yet. There's a number of different pictures that kind of depict this, this story and the jars and the wine. And uh, these jars, uh, 20 to 30 gallons, this is like twice the size of a keg. So these are big jars. They've discovered some of these in Cana. They're these huge stone, like stone barrels almost. And, they, and, they, and the, for ceremonial washing. So Jewish people would go and they wash their hands a couple times before they eat and then they would do it again. Or they, they were always sort of on, on hand, these, these huge stone jars. And this idea, just by context, for the people of this time to try to build some setting, the original reader would be looking at this. They'd hear this water into wine story in a Greco-Roman culture world where we are at, at this time. They'd be like, oh wait, I, we've heard of the water into wine thing. That's Dionysus. 
This is the, the Greek god, and this was the god of wine. This was his gift to humanity. This was a wine. This was a god of, of fertility and enjoyment and all things that come out of out of out of the earth. Right? Dionysus. And bizarre story about this. If you find, follow Greek mythology, bizarre story about this guy. You can look at it in your own time. They would be like, okay, like this. This is something different here. Uh, this because this we thought this guy was the god of wine, but now this guy's doing something with wine. It sort of gets him thinking a little bit. So Jesus and his disciples are invited to this wedding. And this is the first of many stories, which I love about Jesus and, and who he was, of, of suggesting that Jesus is always welcome among these sort of parties, of, amongst these places of good time, right? Jesus didn't come and spoil the good time. But often, people who were having a party wanted Jesus to come. They wanted Jesus to be there. And the Jewish culture, the wedding was the best party of them all. I mean, it was days, if not a week. Huge celebration, tons of people. Right, the village is there. It's this huge moment in life, huge party. Jesus and his disciples are invited to it. Right? Jesus is there. He participates. Right? We love seeing Jesus. Again, he's teaching his, his disciples, his followers along the way how he's going to live. So he's present at this event. Right? He's present at this event. Now, at the end of this passage, it actually goes on to say, then he stays a few more days with his mom and brother. And what I love about this moment for Jesus, we recognize him beginning his ministry. Right? He turns sort of ordinary events, an ordinary gathering at a wedding, Right, the daily ordinary life of spending time with people into a divine extraordinary. And this is a big lesson that disciples are going to learn. One of the probably greatest lessons. Because for Jesus and his ministry, as, as they would look at him as a rabbi, as a teacher, maybe as a prophet, it wasn't just about getting to the temple, getting to the assignment, getting to the task, which sometimes they did, right, but being present in the moment. Jesus' situational awareness of what is happening, who is happening, and what God is doing. Again, huge lesson for the disciples. Jesus is modeling it right here in the beginning. Lesson for us. Right? It's not just compartmentalized into, i got to get to that thing to have an experience with God. But how can I experience God here and now? What, God, what might God be doing now? And it's not always going to be miraculous, but it's about us being present and aware to that voice, to that calling. Some of us here, and I love being around people like this, have this gift this, just to hear God really clearly and succinctly, like, anytime, anywhere. And I love that. I love that. I've, I've shared stories about this, people in my life coming up to me at random places. They just hear something. Right? It's ordinary, daily life. Something's on someone's heart. Or maybe it's on my heart and I'm able to share. Jesus is modeling this sort of open, breaking open this divine spirituality into the everyday, into the ordinary. So they run out of wine, which, uh, yeah, that's a problem, right? R running out of wine as a wedding is, uh, a wedding is a problem. Uh, and to the Jews at this time, it couldn't be more ruinous. It was also like a matter of honor. It's like, oh, too bad, we're out. Well, I guess we're, you know, where are we going afterwards? Like, it wasn't that kind of deal. The bridegroom's responsible for providing adequate supplies. This is his responsibility. So if something runs out before the party's concluded, it's, it just meant that he hadn't planned well, wasn't prepared, hadn't provided for the guests. Right, to run out of wine at, at, a, at an event like this would cause public embarrassment for the groom and his family. In some instances, the fending family could even be fined. Like you go to a wedding, like, eh, there wasn't really enough wine, I didn't like it that much, I'm fining you now. This is the culture. It's a problem of like considerable size. I did a wedding yesterday, and it was an old youth group connection. And uh, I, I don't always often do weddings kind of out of nowhere. I, don't, I haven't really tracked with these, these people's lives, but uh, they were already legally married. They wanted to do a blessing and a ceremony in front of their family, and I, I, can, I can back that. I, I kind of had the time, I can get it in. And so I say yes to this, you know, this wedding. I just felt like, yeah, I should probably, I should, I should do this. And we had a, you know, 
I got to, had to get to know the couple real quick on the fly, and, it, and I was like, oh, worst case scenario, I get to try out some new material, and if it flops, I just walk away, you know, like, let's sit them out. I mean, you think I'm kidding, but I'm like, oh, I can, I mean, I wanted to try that joke, so. But, but you know, we get there, and I'm, you know, I do a rehearsal, and they do the wedding yesterday, and, and, and they're excited about the ceremony. The ceremony is, is great, but what people were really were talking about, man, I can't wait to get to the reception. Sound at the Crown Plaza, they were talking, you know, the modellos would be flowing, they had, all, you know, good food, and yeah, people were excited about that. Right. And if you were to get there from that wedding party and you kind of show up and there wasn't really that much, it'd be awkward. Right? So even in our day, it's, a, it's very weighted in this day, but even in our day we can get that. This is an issue. We've all thrown a party or hosted something like, oh shoot, I don't know if I have enough of this. There's a little bit of embarrassment comes, that comes with that. There's some shame. There's like, oh my gosh, I didn't plan well. And Jesus is in touch with this every day. Right? He's in touch with your every day. Like those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I have enough. And it doesn't mean that Jesus is the genie every day who will fix everything in your life. Like, oh, I'll fix that right now. But he is tracking. He is tracking where we're feeling deficient. What you're going through, how you're going through, he is tracking these things. I think of this story when the disciples are on the boat with Jesus and they're going through a storm. And Jesus is sleeping. This is a different story than when he walks across water. He's on the boat. He's sleeping. And the disciples go to Jesus and they say, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? And they're almost like, Jesus, how out of touch are you? Like our lives are, are kind of falling apart here. We're in danger. And where are you? You're sleeping? And how many of us have felt like that? Maybe you don't articulate it that way, but your life's kind of going through something. And you're like, Jesus, don't you care? I'm drowning here. I'm drowning in work. I'm drowning in anxiety. I'm drowning in depression. I'm drowning in addiction. Where are you? Don't you care? And sometimes feels like he's sleeping. Sometimes feels like he's just out of touch. But what Jesus does do is he does get up. He does calm the storm. But not until after the disciples experience considerable panic and fear. He just allows some of these things to happen. The wine didn't disappear all at once from this wedding. It went down and down and down and down. And there would have been rising concern. Oh my gosh, I think, can we make it? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Oh my gosh, that guy's drinking too much. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. And they didn't make it. Like they ran out. And it wasn't like, Jesus, we're getting close to running out of wine. Can you do something? Like the miracle came after. It came after the desperation. It came after the need. I don't wish for that in my life. None of us do. But it's some perspective when you feel like, where's Jesus? Now, sometimes it just go through, he wants us to go through the process. He wants us to go through a little bit of the process. And he does provide. He does provide at this wedding. He provided it right on the boat. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean the journey was easy getting there. Right? The journey to the miracle is not an easy one. If you need a miracle in your life, you need a miracle, you've got stuff going on. It's not an easy journey. Jesus does provide, but it's not always an easy journey. I love some of the nuance of Jesus and his mom here. And she just says, hey, Jesus, we're out of wine. And like, that wasn't like, a was that a question? Are you telling me to do something? Like, he did, the mom just says, we're out of wine. Like, this is, my wife says this all the time. She says, uh, she, doesn't, she does say something's we're out of wine. But she says this, my car is out of gas. <laughs> my car is out of gas. And it seems like a statement, but it's, is it out of question? Or, oh, it's actually more of an imperative. You're telling me to get gas in your car. Right? This happens even at parties. If you think about it, if you're throwing a party with your know, spouse or friends, and like, you just say, hey, honey, we're out of ice. 
Like that means go get ice. Jesus, we're out of wine. And he knew, Jesus knows, right? He's tracking. God knows what you're asking for, even if you don't, right? It's okay. Sometimes we have a hard time articulating, but we could just say, God, you know, I'm freaking out. He's like, okay, I get it. I know. And God also has great boundaries. We're going to see Jesus help here. Sometimes we're afraid to approach God. It's like, I don't know. I just asked him yesterday. He probably has stuff going on. He has great boundaries. If Jesus really didn't want to do this, it wasn't his time, and it wasn't the Father's will, he'd say, I'm sorry. But he's okay to go in on this. We don't always know what those are. I pray to Jesus today for something, or, you know, give us a new property today. I, he could. He might be like, yeah, I'm not doing that today. And I have to live in that tension. We have to live in that tension. And Jesus, in some fashion here, would have even consulted the Father. And notice in this moment, he calls his mom Mary woman, not mother. A woman in the Greek is not a, a term of disrespect at all. Highly respectful. Doesn't translate well here like woman. Like that doesn't come across well in our English language. But it wouldn't have meant that. It was total respect, total love, total reverence for his mom. But he doesn't call her mom, he says woman. There's a shift maybe in the relationship here. Right? For Jesus, I am getting ready to step out. You know, he's been home now. He's you know, probably 30. He's been home, but he's, he's getting ready to, to, to draw separation here now from his family more toward his heavenly father. Like I'm stepping into something else. So I don't know what that looked like for Jesus. Because Jesus initially said, hey, my time has not yet come. He's like, all right, let me check. He says I can do it. Okay, like that's kind of what's happening here. And he's released. It's a relationship. I respect you, Mary, but I got to check with someone else. And these water pots are, are, of course, they're connected to the system of the law. They had a purpose. They were used for certain things. It wasn't for wine. You know, ceremonial purification. He's like, let's use those. So much symbolism. We don't have time today to unpack everything, but so much symbolism here. And I love that he invites the servants in. He wants the cooperation in this miracle. There's a cooperation of the, of the servants in the miracle. Could have filled the pots himself. Could have snapped his finger. Could have created liquid out of nowhere. Right? But he calls his servants to share in this work. Right, you fill the pots. And then they also share in the blessing. Right? So you and I are called to, to, to serve alongside of Jesus. There's a blessing in that. Even in our prayer for ourselves, but particularly for other people, when we pray for, oh man, they're just going through it, Lord. And so often, the like, Lord's like, will you help them? There's a blessing in that. It's like, I'm going to get involved, but I want to use you. And these servants are especially blessed. This is the first miracle. This is God, Jesus showing his glory really for the first time. They're especially blessed because they just obeyed, the, they obeyed without question. Mary says, hey, do what he says. We're like, all right, fill these things up with water. Don't see how that's going to help, but we'll do it. And that's an act of faith so early on in this story. Probably one of the greatest acts of, acts of faith we've seen to this point, or will for a while. Fill those jars with water. All right, you say so. He asked them to draw it out and, and, and give it to the master of ceremonies, right, right to the top. Right? So, and we don't know how this exactly looked. Was it, you know, did it turn to wine in the jars? Did it turn to wine when he poured it into the cup? Did it go into a smaller jar and come out? We're not real clear on that. But he wants to get it to, the, to like the food and master person. You know, he didn't want to leak it out amongst the guests. Like, hey, disciples, you taste this, see how it is. He's like, send it to the guy who knows. Again, he could have kind of leaked it out, maybe get some feedback. But it'd be like in our room, like we have people like Joe and Zach and Natalie. He'd be like, hey, I want them to taste my wine. I'm going right to them. And, and the guy's like, wow, this is solid wine. He'll figure, right? Jesus is a good winemaker. Solid. And some of the people there would have caught this good wine. 
Right? The, the master ceremonies did. You know, there's probably people close to Jesus who got that and tasted it and enjoyed it. But some would have missed it because they already have loaded up on something else that wasn't as good. Because the, the master kind of says, it's like, oh, well, people don't usually do it this way after the people have already been drinking all, all day or, or for three days. But now you're bringing out the good stuff. And there's people who would have been in tune and ready for that. And some like, would never have noticed because they've already been overdoing it. And I'm sure any subsequent parties Jesus shows up to, people probably took it a little easy up front. Like, oh, I'm going to like save a little room because Jesus is here and I don't know what he's got. It's like when Jorge shows up to one of our parties, like, I like chips and salsa. <laughs> That's fine. But, you know, he might show up with like a slow tip, tri-tip. You don't want to be full. You want to have room for that. When Jesus shows up in your life or in our, air, our, our space, like, I want to leave a little room. And we're always so worried to get about our time. We want to pack it in. Think about the people at this wedding. Like, oh, the wedding looks a little, little light on wine. They're like really going into it, trying to get their fill. Like, we have enough time. It's okay. We can slow down. We can leave room for Jesus. There is enough time for him. There is space in your life for Jesus. I don't have space. I don't have time. This is all the time we have. And I believe by design there's enough. There's enough for these moments. Right? There's no more. There's no less. Love the servants here again. You really catch the miracle. And even in this story, you know, they deliver it. The wine goes out. But who gets the credit? Not Jesus. The bridegroom. Right? The master, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Where have you guys had this? You've been saving This is incredible. And it's such a microcosm of the gospel narrative here. Where those in the higher positions are going, we're going to fight, we'd see if we, as we read through, they tend to miss Jesus. But the poor, the oppressed, the servant often receive an uprose seat to his goodness. Right? The people who are serving, the, the master, the chief of ceremony, the bridegroom, we don't, they don't know. They're like doing their own thing. And the servants, right? those who are listening to Jesus, those who are obeying, see his goodness up front. He made a lot of this, this wine. Um, some scholars would say probably more than needed for the wedding over the time that was left. And there's a miracle of abundance here. And we don't know where it went. Did they drink it all? Like maybe the leftovers were a wedding gift. Like is it possible the couple was maybe a little bit too poor to, to furnish as much wine as they needed and they're, they're going to have this really nice wine they're going to be able to sell? We don't know. But we know there was more than enough. More than enough. And that is just the heart of Jesus. I'm going to take care of you abundantly, abundantly. And like all gifts, this is a gift, right? This gift of, of, of wine at this time. Aren't there other gifts in our life, so many gifts? They're meant to open up our lives to the one they emanate from. It wasn't just about the wine. It's good wine. Of course it's good wine. Right? But it's about the messenger. It's about the creator, right? Not just the message, not just the creation, and we suspect a number of these attendees at sweating never got to know the winemaker here. Jesus wasn't asking for a lot of fanfare. He just crushed it on a really good batch of wine, sent it out, and like in cruise. And those who knew knew. And many others are probably just too focused on the wine, and maybe had too much wine before. Just so easy to miss Jesus. And all these good things they come from God, all of them. And we connect God. We connect with God. And with one another through the gifts, right? Even through the gift of wine, through the gift of air, of ocean, of the spiritual gifts. 
connect with God and connect with one another. And this is Jesus' hey, I want you to have it. It's a gift. Use it. Connect. See me. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to close out with a, a time of communion here. And this may be a time to reflect a little bit on kind of where we're at. Because I think our lives are so much like we're just an average person at the party and it's busy and it's loud and I'm just trying to make sure that I can get up to the buffet line and you know, when's the line going to go down? I've got to go to the bathroom. I, the wine's running now. I should have brought my own wine. Like That's the kind of things we think about. And there's a miracle happening over here. Like There's a guy in the room like he's going to do something really cool. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that now. I don't want to miss that I'm at the beach. I don't want to miss that when I'm at a party. I don't want to miss that when I'm in line at the grocery store. Man, what, what could be happening here? Again, not always a miracle. Sometimes nothing. But I don't want to miss it if there's a chance for something. I don't want to miss that taste of that sweet, good wine. I want my life to be so filled up on just the average stuff that when there's an opportunity to taste something miraculous and good, I miss it. So we're going to do a communion. Do you have any direct instruction for communion you want to come up? Thank you.